Hey, starting off with a minor technical difficulty, this is Michael Campbell. You're listening to Money Talks. Money Talks is brought to you by Solera Club. Solera Club is a royalty-based investment, which means you get paid first. There's no fees attached with it, and it's in the tech field. So for more information, go to soleraclub.com. The Dow Jones down some 1,500 points in the first two weeks of the year. Oil trading below 30. The loony trading in the 68-cent level. China-Shanghai index off over 20% in the last month. You know, in times like these, it behooves us to seek the guidance of financial gurus like Kathleen Wynne or Rachel Notley, QP's Paul Moist, the BC Fed's Irene Lanzinger. Stop laughing. No, seriously, stop laughing. Sorry, I couldn't help myself, but come on. We're surrounded with people who don't have a clue about economics and finance, don't know what's going on. They're not interested in research or evidence, yet they want to make or influence economic and financial policy. I mean, if you want to sum up what's behind the mess that we're seeing throughout the world, that's as good a place as any to start. So many of our politicians, special interest group leaders, literally just make it up, and they're never bothered by getting it wrong. I mean, we're swimming in a sea of unintended consequences, yet somehow they live by the mantra, not always right, but never been wrong. Think about it. Have you ever heard a public sector union elite, a self-described political activist, an ideologically driven politician say they got it wrong? I mean, come on. We're certainly living a whole bunch of consequences they can't be liking. But they can't say that because their practical world is not what drives their decisions. They're driven by a one-size-fits-all ideological worldview. As John Kenneth Galbraith famously said, there are those that don't know, and there are those who don't know they don't know. But here's the problem. The stakes are higher than they've ever been. The action across a huge array of markets is a reflection of what's going on. I mean, and I can assure you, it's scaring the heck out of central bankers, financial institutions around the globe. I said last week in response to some of the hate mail I get, all I'm going to do is sit back and we'll watch the age of consequences unfold. All the rhetoric in the world is not going to change what's going on. On Money Talks, our models and approach to the economy are clearly in tune with the markets. I mean, we've identified every major trend from the sharp drop in the loony, more importantly, the strength of the U.S. dollar, the uh, China problems, the drop in oil and other commodity prices, the relentless decline in interest rates, and the weakness in the Canadian dollar. And let's be clear, none of your elected uh, political or special interest groups leaders saw this coming. Although, to be fair, voters voters wouldn't allow them to talk about it if they did. I mean, the majority of Canadians want this sort of happy talk, the sunny days. The only problem is that economics and finance aren't cooperating. Sunny days or not, your grocery bill's going up. It's going to go up an extra $800 to $1,000 when you compare it to just two years ago. Stocks are getting hammered. Commodity prices are still going down. Talk happy all you want, but our pensions are getting hit hard by the market decline and our record low interest rates. The probability that we're going to have a major problem in public sector pensions is rising by the day, and it's going to cost you as a taxpayer, and it's going to end up costing retiring public sector workers alike. Literally, look around North America, you're already seeing that. The biggest factor underlying all of the market reaction is the escalating debt burden. I mean, China's total corporate and government debt to GDP is over 240%. In the State of the Union address last week, or this week rather, President Obama talked about 14 million jobs created, but forgot to mention that 8 trillion U.S. increase in federal debt. You know, that's 600,000 per job. But here's the thing. While the U.S. debt increased 77% in the last seven years, the economy grew only 13%. 
Emerging market debt is a disaster with $9 trillion borrowed in U.S. dollars. We're going to see about that this year. Most of Europe has a serious sovereign debt problem. In a nutshell, what you're seeing in the markets is a reflection of the unraveling of this massive debt buildup. In one of my better insights, I think last January, I said that the big question in the next few years wouldn't be who owes the money, it's who lent it to them. That's what you're seeing, such skittishness in the financial markets. We're about to have big debt problems in lower-grade bonds, especially in the resource sector. Emerging market debt problems are threatening to bring down countries, countries like Venezuela, Brazil, and China's internal debt is a mess. $1.2 trillion borrowed last year just to pay the interest on existing debt. Prosperity is not built on debt. And most of the world recognizes in the aftermath of the subprime and European sovereign debt crisis that at some point the music stops. Somebody pays a price. That's the root of our volatility that we're seeing in the various markets. Money Talks is brought to you by Solera Club. Coming up, Michael Levy, top three stories of the day. And we're going to do a different Mike's big fat idea. How about getting your business to the next level? We'll chat about that today. Also, Don Vialo, my guest, really looking forward to this perfect timing for him. And that's what he does. He times the market with his combination of technical analysis and seasonal trends. Well, we'll have a look at that January barometer right off the top. How likely is it with a couple of real stinker weeks to start the year that that means the whole year is going to be tough? Well, no better person to ask than Don Vialo. I got Victor Dare live from the trading desk. I got Aussie Jurek. I've got a shocking stat this week and a goofy award that's even making me uncomfortable. All of that coming your way on Money Talks. You're listening to Money Talks. My name is Mike Campbell. Hey, a reminder, go to moneytalks.net. You can hear uh, the business comment that I make every single day of the week, plus the midweek Money Talks report. You can also get information on the World Outlook Conference. Joining me around on the line, I've got Michael Levy talking about the top three stories that smart people are talking about this week. Mike, let's start with number three. Well, here's one, Mike, that I didn't do during my morning broadcast on uh, flagship station CKNW because the headline is panicky. And this comes from a column in The Telegraph uh, out of London by Ambrose Evans Pritchard. And that's a writer I've got a lot of time for. And here's the headline. Sell everything. Global banking giant tells investors and brace for cataclysmic year. That comes from RBS, the Royal Bank of Scotland. Well, you know, it's a great lead-in, by the way, to Don Vialo, because I want to ask him about this January barometer that we always hear about. You know, as the first week goes, so goes January. As the first as January goes, so goes the year. But, yeah, I mean, obviously with the kind of action we've had, a eh, Mike, uh, you know, China has been on our plate here really for six months. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, before the end of the year I said I can't believe China isn't on everybody's list as the top stories coming up, and it's certainly proven to be that case. Well, it is, and it's sure on RBS's list. And, again, Royal Bank of Scotland is no small player, Mike, and uh, they are forecasting, uh, RBS, that the major stock markets could fall by a fifth, 20%, Mike, and oil may reach $16 a barrel. And, by the way, just as a quick segue, Larry Fink of BlackRock, another person I've got a lot of time for, yesterday forecast that U.S. markets have another 10% to go, so that fits right into the RBS forecast. Yeah, I was going to say, we're already halfway there. What about the number two story? 
Well, number two story is a really interesting one. He, this is from the Macquarie Group, David Doyle, and he's the top-ranked forecaster for the U.S. versus Canadian dollar exchange rate. This is according to Bloomberg. They rate the forecasters, and he is number one. He says the loonie is set for unprecedented plunge to 59 cents U.S. He says the Canadian dollar will fall to a record 59 cents by the end of the year. The dollar below 70 cents has not happened for 13 years, and that was when crude had reached multi-year lows back then. Guess what? Crude's doing the same thing. Well, uh, you know, that's one of the topics, obviously, we're going to deal with it, uh, you know, with people like Martin Armstrong, John Johnston, who have got the Canadian dollar right over the last several years, and we're going to get their prognostication. But, I mean, we've broken that 70, as you said, Mike. You know, let's at least have a look right away back to that uh, 2002 low, which was 61.27, I think. So that's the kind of number that technical analysts are going to look at. The other thing he says just quickly. You're live with Get Connected, Mike Egerbo here. And once the loonie reaches its record low, it's going to stay depressed through the end of 218. That's not a surprise, but once it gets there, you're going to have a couple of years of just wallowing around the bottom, this according to David Doyle. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly not going to be any shortage of stuff for us to talk about. What about the number one story? Well, I think we go right back to it, Mike, as we've done half a dozen times. Will polos cut? Uh, uh, The economists in Canada have been marking down their prospects for economic growth this year, along with their projections for oil prices. And that brings up the question, is Stephen Polos on January 20th, is the Bank of Canada going to cut rates given what's going on in the Canadian economy, Canadian markets, the global economy? Because January 20th, next Wednesday, is the day he announces. Yeah, and as you say, the pressure is building. I think there's a slight majority of uh, economic analysts who now say he is going to cut interest rates, but that's still what the choice is. This idea that we're going to raise interest rates, I mean, I don't see where any of that data comes from. I mean, the economic, as you just said, Mike, you know, you're starting to see another set of revisions for the Canadian economy, and again, it's downward. So there's no pressure on him to do anything. Uh, it's, it's keeping the same or lower them. Well, yeah, Mike, and, and, and when you're talking about the economists, I'm just going to mention them briefly. Benjamin Reitz and uh, Douglas Porter, Bank of Montreal, believe rates are going down. Charles St. Arnaud of Nomura Security, same thing. Avery Schenfeld, well-known of CIBC World Markets, same thing. Emmanuel Enenior of Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, who I've got so much time for, she's saying exactly the same thing, that uh, they're probably going to cut rates. But, Rob, uh, or but Mike, uh, one thing that I don't normally talk about is what Rob Levy has to say, Rob, my son, Rob Levy, of Border Gold in his weekly blog. He thinks otherwise, and I'd like to just give you a couple of reasons why, Mike, because it's contra to what's going on across the country from the major economists. He says with a timeline for a federal budget and a focus of increased government spending from the newly elected federal liberals, there, there is a potential to surprise with a larger than anticipated deficit. Accounting for the aforementioned factors, my guess, Rob's guess, is like the span between September 2.10 and January 2.15. The bank remains on hold, and the loony even sees a bit of a relief rally. So obviously the opposite tact. 
Yeah, and as I say, I think that's what's got a lot of economists uh, sort of on the fence on this one. Uh, we'll see if we need more data, but I'll tell you, if we get that, uh, if we do get a drop in the, uh, sorry, in the interest rates, again, you're going to see a reaction in the loony. We're going to get back to some of those numbers you alluded to earlier faster <laughs> than they thought. I mean, there's no easy policy solution here. We want one. We, we talk about this nonsense about somehow infrastructure is going to rescue the economy. No, this is a really difficult time, and the problems, it's like anybody else's financial problems, they get set years in advance. And unfortunately for the government, for example, and it's no different if they were conservative, they don't set the oil prices. You know, nope. they don't set a U.S. demand for our exports, rather. They don't, they're nope. not anything to do with what's going on in China. And these are the major macro events that are impacting Canadians. Absolutely. And they're ongoing and they're happening now. Yep. And they happen, they sometimes just wipe your feet right out from underneath you. And the last couple of days have done that. But it's just a little scary. David Doyle's forecast may be accurate, but we don't want it to be next week. So <laughs> I also think that the Bank of Canada would wisely take a step aside and just wait to see where the dust settles here instead of being come, instead of becoming, Mike, part of the problem. Well, we'll be here to chronicle it again. Thanks, Mike. Have a great weekend. You too, Mike. Coming up, hey, big fat idea. Eamon Percy, founder, president of the Percy Group. I, I love this one. We haven't done this, and I got some emails over the last while about doing this. Hey, what about my business? You know, I hear all your stuff about what's going on in the broad economy and the government. Hey, I can take care of my own business by doing this right. Well, let's take it to the next level in the next couple of minutes with Eamon Percy. Don Velo coming up with my guest, but right now, very pleased to welcome back to the show Eamon Piercy. He is the former, uh, rather, founder, rather, and president of the Piercy Group Capital and Business Advisors. Talks to CEOs all the time about how to take their business to the next level. Well, how to take us to the next level. Eamon, first of all, appreciate you finding time on the weekend. So let's start with what's the big fat idea? Well, thanks very much, Mike. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. And this big idea is something you've been advocating for a long time. And given the way 2016 has started off, this is the time to invest in the most important investment at all, and that's yourself, specifically your investment knowledge. Well, yeah, let's go a little bit further. Give us some examples of how we might do that. That is the kind of thing people talk about at this time of year, and then they don't follow through. Yeah, exactly. Well, 2016 is shaping up to be a very volatile year, maybe even a, a downturn year. So this is a time really to, to focus on where you are on that novice to expert scale and what you can do. You can read some great investment books like The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham and one of my favorites, One Up on Wall Street um, by Peter Lynch. There's also, if you remember last year when I spoke at your investment conference around technology, one of the ways that's manifested itself now is there's something called a MOOC, a massive open online course. And these are courses you can take for free at places like Harvard and MIT. So you can not only impress your friends, but you'd actually even amaze your skeptics that you're telling them when you're taking a finance course at a place like, like uh, Harvard or U of T or Purdue. That sounds like it's perfect for the kind of uh, mindset that we've got everywhere. <laughs> I love the we're in the pretension industry, but no. But your point's a good one. A lot of people, uh, I mean, has it ever been easier uh, to learn about these various subjects? And it could be applied to the business. As I say, you talk to a ton of CEOs. Yep. And you know, let's face it, we always say uh, people are our business, and we invest in our people. Well, it starts at home, obviously. And and I love the point. I love that you're bringing forward these. Uh, you know, opportunities that you've got for these open online learning that we've got on the Internet from, from phenomenal sources. 
Yeah, well, there, as I mentioned, Purdue, U of T, my alma mater, in actual fact, Harvard right now is running a course called Understanding the Federal Reserve. So you can take that course for free, and if you pay an extra 50 bucks, you get a certificate you can hang up at home and, as I said, impress everybody at the next cocktail party. Yeah, you know what, though? Seriously, uh, I would love people to take advantage of that kind of thing because, uh, you know, I read another uh, uh, study this week that was talking about what you hear and see on Facebook, and it was mm -hmm. an amazing plus 80% of uh, basically saying all people want to do is reinforce their own biases. And boy, do I see that in the communications I get, but it's not founded on education. You know, it's not founded on understanding how the Federal Reserve works, that, exactly. that kind of stuff. And, yeah. I mean, again, as, as what you've said is that um, – you know, this is something for everybody. I mean, if we don't invest in ourselves, I mean, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, in actual fact, there's an interesting stat for you, Mike. If you look at the amount of, uh, for every dollar the investment community spends um, in, in their marketing, four cents of that goes to investor education. So it's up to the individual to take on the personal responsibility to educate themselves, particularly at this time. Because even though 2016 is going to be a very volatile year, as you've often uh, said on your program, after a downturn, there is going to be an up cycle. So this is the year to prepare, get yourself educated, understand where you are, and really take some time to invest in yourself to so you become a better investor. And you can come out of this in a much stronger financial situation. Well, and again, it's so straightforward that we're in this phenomenal age of change. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, the more adaptable we are personally, the more we know the skill sets we bring. I mean, that's why you find protection. People say, I want protection in my job or, you know, from some of the dislocation that we're seeing. Well, that's how you do it. Yeah. One final investment that I think people should, should often overlook, but I think is very critical, particularly at times like this, is in investing in relationships that people can help us make this change as well, too. Mm -hmm. So we think about buying the books. We think, of course, about going to conferences um, like the World Outlook Conference, which is just a phenomenal way for people to get independent advice very quickly, particularly at, at this time. But we should take some time to seek out people that um, have the answers, particularly for some of your younger listeners that are just getting started in investing, is they don't have to learn it all themselves. Yes, they can get the books. Yes, they can get the podcast and take the course. But there's people out there that will help them and show the, the way. But we need to invest the time and energy in those relationships to make that happen. Eamon Piercy, thanks for taking the time. I hope I see you at the World Outlook Conference. I'll take a break. I'll come back. Don Vialo, my guest, all on the Chorus Network.